Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, DJs, it's Mad Max here. I'm joined with Arch. Arch, is weird, right? This weird me being in the one chair. That's that right. Okay? I wanted to put you out of your comfort zone. It's a little uncomfortable, I gotta say. You why would you have to put shards of glass in the chair? Like not not cool, man. Not cool at all. Uh, you might be wondering what the, what the what the fuck are these guys doing? Didn't they already do a show on Thursday? Well, we're, we're gonna come at, we, with another one because it is NFL. I don't know if I've mentioned that today. Did I mention? Or should I mention that it's NFL? It's for some hearing of it. Don't know if I've mentioned that before. Uh, we're joined with a special guest, Rob Pozzola. Rob joins us from the Hammer Betting Network. Rob, thanks for joining us today on this. Very, it's, it's the sacred holiday. It's the holiday of all holidays. The NFL's back. It really is one of the best days of the year, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, I kind of dread that the last couple of weeks leading up to NFL season because there's so much work to put in. But once you finally get to that point, it, it's really great. So I, I'm so happy the NFL's back. Yeah. And, and again, um, you know, kind of let, let our audience know who you are, like, uh, you know, what, what, what's your deal? Like who is Rob Bazola and and why, why should people be listening to you right now? Yeah. So I'm a professional sports better. Uh, the reality is though, for the vast majority of my life, I actually lost money betting on sports as just like a recreational casual better before I kind of just figured things out and was able to apply more of like a math perspective to sports. Uh, and I've made it my living for several years now. Um, I started out in the content space in Canada, so I was doing a lot of radio and TV, uh, built up a pretty large following, uh, and now I've got to the point now where uh, I guess people do like to hear my voice and my opinions on games, um, fairly well respected in the industry, not trying to say that too arrogantly, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just live and breathe sports and sports betting uh, and happy to, to contribute in, in educating the population wherever I can. Nice. So uh, you're, you're Canadian? I am Canadian, born and raised in Toronto. Oh, there you go. So do you, uh, are you a CFL guy too, or, or just mostly NFL? I will bet the CFL, but I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. As soon as American football starts, whether that's college football or, football or NFL, I kind of just lose track and lose touch of the CFL. Um, also, just part of the reason is from the betting perspective, there's just so few games in the CFL mm-hmm. on a weekly basis, right? You only have four games to bet on. So that makes it a little bit more challenging to build up volume as the year goes on. So I don't mind the CFL, but it's definitely on a, a, a lower end of the totem pole than NFL and college football. If you look at the TV ratings, I think everyone does the same thing too. As soon as the NFL starts, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we, we love football. We'll eat up football. I'll watch yeah. XFL, you know, whatever league is going on, I, I'll eat it up. But ultimately, once NFL starts and it's, that's going to get my attention. So, Archie must be happy. Usually you're surrounded by New Jersey guys and now it's two Canadians outnumbering me. Yes. You know? right. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not really. I'm a, I'm a U.S. citizen living in Winnipeg. So. Oh, nice. It, yeah. it still counts. You're still Canadian to me. Okay. So there you go. You, you live up north. Um, so, uh, Rob, about uh, the the Hammer Betting Network, uh, what, what is this? What, what is the Hammer Betting Network for those of us that, that aren't aware of it? Been a vision of mine for a while now. I, I also consume a lot of content in the space. And what I, I particularly notice about sports betting content is it tends to really skew 
um, in one direction or the other. So you got your sharp sports betting content, more geared towards uh, people who know what they're doing, full-time bettors, pro bettors, stuff like that. Then you have the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is your recreational content, uh, more so for entertainment, a lot of picks, stuff like that. There's nothing really filling that middle gap. So it's always been an idea of mine to create a, a betting network of sorts, which reaches everyone. Uh, where anyone can tune in and find something that's catered to them, uh, or potentially they might start interacting with other types of content that they would typically never consume because they never came across that in their social channels or so on and so forth. So that's what we've created with the hammer. We brought on a bunch of content creators. We have 54 to start here. Um, some are sharp, some are square, some are just there for entertainment purposes. Uh, but we're trying to bridge the gap between what other people are doing in the content space and make this more of an all-inclusive type of thing. So it's off the ground now. We're mostly focused on football as we head into football season here, but we will be expanding into other sports, NBA, MLB, NHL, and even some smaller sports as well um, that I, I think are more niche, but a lot of people have interest in. When you talk about it making it more accessible to people, are you talking about just terminology or are you bet size or how, how, how would you go about that? Well, so I, I'm more of a, a sharp better, right? And when I consume content, I'm mostly consuming content by other people that I find interesting in the social space, um, which are other people who produce sharp content. Recently, in talking with my friends, I've been directed to more um, entertainment value content, stuff like that, which I, I never, never would have come across before. It's just never something that's you know been brought to the forefront to me by my social channels. And I find it incredibly entertaining. Um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that are just constantly being served up the same thing that's similar to what they watch. And they have trouble finding stuff that's, um, you know, potentially could, could be of value to them or reach them in a different way. So that's kind of what we're trying to build here uh, is the, is just housing all of this stuff on one network, giving people accessibility for sure. Uh, it's more of like a um, you know, we're not going for a 24 seven type of betting network, like some other networks have opted to do. This is more of like a streaming style, YouTube or Netflix type of thing where you can go, go to the network at any point over the course of a day, mm. find content that's easily accessible, watch it on your own time type of thing. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And so, you know, um, you'd mentioned that you're a professional sports, uh, better how, how long, you know, years, how many years have you been sports gambling? So I would say that I've been professional as it's my my primary source of income for five years now. Prior to that, it would have been what's called semi-pro, where I was winning money at betting, but I was still working a, a full-time day job, uh, which was paying most of my bills at that time. I'd say you know I've been a sharper better for going on seven or eight years now, um, and and honestly, that was just yeah purely because I couldn't deal with continuing to lose anymore. So just kind of took a step back from betting for a couple of years till I could figure things out. And then I went down that path. Yeah. And the main reason I asked too, is because you, you, you hit something that I think we have, uh, I'd say a lot in common with as well is, is we, we run the, and, and me, my, myself, I'm more of the entertainment portion of it and, and Arps are just a little bit more of the sharp guy, but we're trying to fill that, uh, that specific uh, area too, where sports gamblers run the gamut. And and now, especially here in the United States, uh, sports gambling is becoming legal in many more States. You're seeing younger betters. You're seeing these guys that are doing things, parlays and teasers. They're, they're having this, this, this part of, of sports betting that I, I know Arch has ripped out all of his hair because of it. But, you know, we've had to adapt to understand it's like, okay, you know, 
there's a huge portion of our listenership people that 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 are brand new to sports gambling so for us to like drop some insane concepts on them that they don't even know the basics of it we're always in this little you know kind of gray area or tug of war of, of making sure that like we don't exclude people that are brand new because we want them to to kind of like be raised the right way if you will you know <laughs> it's not but not be thrown to the wolves like say hey listen you know guys do you realize that the sports books it's it's that who we're against we're not against each other we're not trying to beat <laughs> each other in sports betting you know yeah i think one of the, the inherent challenges that i find is that you know you, you could potentially be catering to one audience but completely alienating another so i host my own podcast every week called circles off it's mainly geared towards people who are educated in the space or at least have some basic concepts of what sports betting is and we preach some more advanced educational concepts in there if i were was to spend 15 minutes of every episode really I, and i hate to use this word but like quote unquote dumbing it down to an audience that doesn't even know the basics then anyone else listening is going to get completely turned off so it's very difficult to find that balance when producing content and i think there's like opportunity just to do different things in the space like for me maybe i do something that's more geared towards a sharp audience on one show and then i do a completely separate show that's more geared towards a recreational audience rather than trying to bridge the two in one spot so these are always the inherent challenges i think that are faced when creating content uh, because what works for some people is obviously not going to work for others and and, and vice versa uh, and and towing that line is very difficult absolutely absolutely yeah, I, th I think, uh, you know, um, to, just as a follow up question is, do you tag your content specifically based off of, say, like, you oh, know, yeah. this is, this, this, you know, like, right, right. honestly, like, yeah, you know, this, how, this, yeah, I, 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 you said it, Arch, you said it, yeah. I didn't say this, not, not how dumb you are, but yeah. like saying, hey, hey, this is like beginner, this is kind of like, you know, you got an asshole like me that's just screaming for a half hour, this is, you don't listen to this guy other than to have fun, and then these are the people that, it, you're in this tier, listen to these guys. Right. So I, I, I try not to misrepresent what I'm doing in any way. Obviously, there's a lot of clickbaity stuff out there and I completely get why SEO purposes, search value, so on and so forth. But for me, I try to make it abundantly clear what the piece of content is going to be about before somebody consumes it. Because I don't think that there's anything worse than thinking you're going to be consuming something that's you know, of value to you or like right up your alley. And then within two or three minutes, you're completely turned off by that. You'll likely never seek out that content again. So for me, I think that's extremely important upfront really good show descriptions that are detailed about what the show is about. Uh, if it is something for int for introductory betters, you probably would include that in the title. If it's more of an advanced concept, you probably include that in the title. I think just, just making sure people have the proper perception of what the show is going to be before they even consume it is of utmost importance. So people aren't wasting their time. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So kind of got that out of the way. Now, now let's get to the, the, the important stuff for our people. And that, that is the NFL. And, and understanding a you know they want to have fun but how how can they maybe make some money betting the nfl so uh, i'm you know what what's kind of your outlook on this season or your strategy heading into the season um you know what, what are your your main nfl thoughts right now yes for me i approach nfl very differently from a lot of people and and I'll be very candid with the audience here. I bet a lot of money on the NFL. This is my livelihood. Um, so what I may do for the sport is very different from what other people may do for the sport. There are some that are going to be betting for the NFL for entertainment purposes only. There are some that are trying to win money. Uh, I like to preach what I think are like the most common pitfalls to avoid 
for the average NFL better in order to make money. And I think the, the biggest one going into the year, um, and I see this amongst all of my friends, my close friends, we get together on Sundays to watch games. But oftentimes, uh, what, I, what I feel that people make a big mistake is they wait until the last minute to make their bets a lot of times. They want to process as much information as possible. They want to consume other people's thoughts on the game, so on and so forth. But the way that the NFL market works is the longer you wait, the tougher it's actually going to be for you to win your bets. So while it's contrary to what a lot of people want to do in betting the NFL, I would strongly suggest you do your work as early in the week as possible. Start breaking down games as early week in the po- as early in the week as possible and start betting as early in the week as possible. And for those that don't understand why, typically what happens over the course of the week is with each passing day, a sports book is going to start to raise their limits on a game. Mm-hmm. So as an example, on Monday, you might get a sports book that only has a $500 limit. Tuesday might go up to 2000, Wednesday up to 5000. By game day, it might be 100,000. And why it's increasingly why it's increasing over the course of the week is the sports book is us- using the information that they have to adjust the line. So if they know that a lot of the, the, the better betters or sharper betters at their sports book are betting a certain side, they can then move the number to whatever those guys are betting and increase the limits. So basically, as the week goes on, the line gets sharper and sharper, more efficient, as we would say. So for those out there that are betting the NFL, you know, if you haven't really placed your bets for the week by now, you're probably doing yourself a disservice. That's not to say you can never place a bet on Sunday or on the weekend or, or, or game day or whatever, but that's kind of just the biggest mistake in the space. Um, you know, the longer you wait, the more challenging it's going to be for you to turn a profit in the long run. Uh, so you want, you want to have multiple books going too, right? I assume just to hundred yeah. percent. So like, that's the second big one, right? Is price sensitivity, which is, is a very, like, you know, it's, it's weird because people are very price sensitive in their day-to-day lives. Um, I always use the same example, but I think it's one that probably is easy for people to resonate with, but it's the price of gas over the course of the last year, which is, you know, it's gone down a little bit now, but you're still paying a lot more for gas at the pump than you were a year ago. And if you were to find a gas station on the corner, that's, you know, serving up gas for a much cheaper price, you're going to see people lined up for that gas station because they want to save five bucks, 10 bucks on filling up their tank. People are price sensitive in their day-to-day lives. In sports betting, for some reason or another, people open up one sports book and they just continue to bet there over and over. Uh, and that's probably one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a better. You, what you really want to be doing is betting into the best price available as often as possible. And I understand it's not feasible for someone to open up maybe 20 different sportsbook accounts, but even three, four, five, and then comparing the prices at one or another um, is going to save you a ton in the long run. If you're close to being a winning better, just by applying that concept, it'll probably turn you into winning better. Uh, for some who are losing betters and do it for recreational purposes, that's completely fine. If you take a price shopping approach or a line shopping approach, you're going to lose way less in the long run. You're going to be able to sustain this as a hobby for much longer. So I think that's very, very important for those out there is try to bet as as many different shops as possible that have as many different line sets as possible. Um, the, the cost savings are actually way bigger than people realize. Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJ. proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. 
But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, let's say that somebody out there is on the cusp of, of really, really being able to really make some cash at this. Do you have any advice to avoid being limited by your sports book? Right. So um, this is obviously is, is very commonplace nowadays where sports books don't want to take on a whole lot of risk. So once they identify you as being a uh, likely winning better in the long run, they'll start to lower your lim- limits, meaning you can bet less. What you're going to want to do is, in a sense, mislead the sports book as best as humanly possible. So what you can do in order to be limited, and this is not foolproof, it depends on the book, depends on the trading team for each specific book, so on and so forth. But you want to display uh, some recreational tendencies in what you do. So a recreational better is going to tend to parlay and tease more often. They're going to tend to buy points more often. You're probably going to want to mix in some bets, which are not actually great bets, um, but basically throw the sports book off of your scent. Uh, maybe you want to do want to bet like three games last minute on an NFL Sunday because that's not something typically that a a pro better is going to do. So, uh, in, in a sense, you're just kind of running an operation at that point where you're trying to make it seem like your account is a square account when in reality it's not. And um, you just kind of have to take on the mindset of what would a losing better do in this situation? I need to mix a little bit of that into my account. <laughs> you gotcha, so, so, gotcha. so Arch, once a week, just let Panther take over your account. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. What he's saying is just bet the Chiefs minus whatever, and then we're good. Yeah, just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah may, maybe, even buy, maybe even buy some points when you bet the Chiefs as well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> to, to like a useless number. Buy, buy, buy the five and a half to a five or something like okay. that. Right? That's a dead giveaway that you don't know what you're doing. Don't know what you're doing at all. I love it. Yep. Okay, I, I ask this of everybody, so I, I want to get your feedback on that. This is always the the question i always ask is there such thing as reverse line movements so yes but but you typically don't want to be you know using that to influence your own betting Mm -hmm. so um typically speaking when you're betting not only the nfl but most major sports um there's a concept of of closing line value that i think is important it may be not important on every single bet and you probably don't have to you know scratch your head if you don't get closing line value on every single bet that you make. But in the long run, 
you want to have closing line value as much as possible. And what this means is that the closing line, the line when the game kicks off on Sunday or whenever the game is being played, um, is a better line than what you bet it at. So for example, if I bet a game at minus two and a half and it eventually, you know, at one o'clock on Sunday, the line is minus three and a half. I have made a good bet Mm -hmm. Uh, in the long run. If I continue to make those bets, I will win money because the closing line in sports is pretty much the most accurate indicator of what the probability of a game should be in the long run. There, there's no tried, tested and true better indicators of what a probability should be. If I bet minus two and a half and the team closes an underdog, I've made a bad bet in the long run. If I continue to do that, I'm going to do things poorly. So reverse line movement is this notion that the public is betting one way, but the line is moving the other way. And then what people generally want to do is be on the same side as the sharp better. So they'll say, okay, I'm going to just jump in on the same side because the line's moving in opposite direction. By doing that, you're never going to obtain closing line value. You're already betting into a line that has moved. It's very unlikely that it's going to move much further when a sharp group has already hit it. So people just kind of talk themselves into wanting to be on the sharp side. The sharp side is, is, is includes a number. You know, if, if I were to bet just a random example, hypothetical game, Buffalo minus two and a half, and they move to minus three and a half, Buffalo was a sharp side at minus two and a half. It was a sharp side at minus three. It's now no longer a sharp side at minus three and a half. If it were, it would continue moving to four, four and a half. So that's the problem with reverse line movement is you're no longer getting a good price on the game. You're just paying to be on the same side as someone else uh, when in reality, the price is the most important part of that bet. Yeah, I think at times there's this um, there's often this confusion over the fact is that you know there, there's value, there's lines, and then there's the team that's going to win. Like, you, you, who fucking cares if the team win? like you, your winning teams don't actually matter? Like when you, especially when you're talking spreads, and you know, I say it all the time. Like you know, like you can have a a losing betting record by percentage and still be up money wise because you made the right plays. Especially in baseball, you hit the hit the dogs when you need to, and so forth. So I think people are like, oh well, I'm going to be on the side of the sharps here. But yeah, is now you're paying a, a point more than you should have, and maybe you don't actually cover now. They're they're going to cover at their line, you know? right? I mean, it's the same as the fade the public strategy, right? I mean, this is the most commonly referred to strategy in betting sports, and um, I, I get the the hypothesis that people have. The the whole thing is well, well, the public, most betters tend to lose in the long run. So if I just bet against what most betters are doing, I will win. But it's not apples to apples. It's a very poor comparison. The reason most bettors lose in the long run is because they're charged a VIG when they're going to bet. Most people are betting minus 110 on whatever side that they bet. That's where the sports book has the advantage. As someone who doesn't know what they're doing in betting sports, we call them a coin flipper, they're probably going to win 50% of their NFL bets, but they need to win at 52.5% to profit because of the VIG. That's why they're going to lose money. So now when you're, you're fading the public, not only are you not getting the same price that the sportsbook's getting, the sportsbook's getting plus 110 because they're charging you minus 110, you're paying minus 110 to be on the same side as the sportsbook. It's not apples to apples. Um, so it's completely like th- this is just a strategy that's been perpetuated over time by, by frankly, people who don't know any better or don't know what they're doing. 
and it's caught a lot of steam, but it's just not a a long-term winning strategy because you're still paying a premium price to be on the same side as a sports book, which is getting the bet at a very different price. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, Arch, do you have anything else that you want to follow up on? No, we hit the the, the, the big ones, not getting limited and uh, reverse line movements. It, it, we get the gamut of opinions on this. It's fascinating. I love it. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I, I two, two more. Uh, uh, just I guess one's a follow up, or you know, w- without listen, uh, you know, and Arch, Arch always gets annoyed at this, so I'm, I'm always tiptoeing or walking on eggshells when I ask someone of this because I, I, I don't really. Everyone wants to know how people do things or how people what they're how they come about things. My my questions along the lines is you know are there any key metrics or there's anything out there that people should be looking at to to get at least get them in the right direction to coming up with their own model or coming up with their own system you know because everyone everyone's always grilling Arch about like well what do you look at or what, how's it blah, 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 and get into the details of it and Arch is just like fuck you I've come up with a system it works for me you know um, but is there anything that that you would recommend as, as a especially for NFL a key metric or something that that would you know kind of push people in the right direction to maybe make some better plays for sure there's a couple that are out there now that i think are are definitely worthwhile i think one of the the probably the biggest i don't want to use the word traps because i like i don't really believe in sportsbook traps and stuff like that but one of the biggest traps that people fall into in terms of evaluating the nfl is they look at stuff that is not important or not predictive so like you know you'll watch an nfl broadcast you'll see a lot of this defense is ranked first overall in the NFL. They're doing that based off of like total yardage metrics over the course of the game, which there's so many things that can uh, impact the defense's total yardage numbers, including how often the offense is on the field and so on and so forth. Like those are not, that's not a metric that I would typically look at and say, this is telling me anything. There are a couple in the NFL that I do like to look at quite a bit now. One is EPA per play. Uh, EPA stands for expected points added. Um, and then similarly, there's one that's a success rate. Um, success rate is very interesting because it's basically like, how often is this offense running a successful play? And there's de- definitions of what a successful play is. So depending on, on the down and distance um, and so on and so forth. But I think that's a really good indicator, much, much more so than uh, this team's averaging this many yards per play because that's very situational and stuff like that. So those are two that I would definitely take a look at. They're not really all that advanced, um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of good reading about this stuff online for anyone who wants to search it. But success rate, EPA per play, both of those nowadays are much more predictive than uh, a lot of the metrics that we're typically accustomed to. Right, right. I got you. You want to look at uh, stats that uh, teams can control, so you absolutely want to zero in on things like turnovers. No, but but that's another good one. Like pe- people do use that yes. stuff, right? Like right. a bit and. and uh, whether or not, I, I, I guess this is just an, another thing that really bothers me um, in general about the average NFL fan, but the average person is not going to realize how much luck is involved over the course of an NFL mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, 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 yes, skill matters. Like, I don't want to say, uh, you know, we can, can completely dismiss skill for teams in the NFL because that's not true. But there's a lot of luck that comes into the the course of an NFL season, whether that's tipped balls at the line of scrimmage that result in interceptions, uh, fumbles are, are largely a product of luck, third down conversion percentage, largely a product of luck, um, how opponents kick field goals against you, for example. Like if you look at the Browns last year, opponents were 26 for 27. 
against them on field goals over the course of the season, which is an extremely high number. You'd almost never see that. So all, there's all these these things that play a factor. Um, but I, I do think that there's, you know, people should familiarize themselves with some more luck-based metrics and actually look at that because oftentimes over the course of the year, you'll see that kind of like, balance out or, or, you know, regress towards the mean a little bit. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see a team with like a minus 10 turnover margin over the course of three or four games. You can really ask yourself how many of those were actually turnover worthy plays, how many were a product of luck, things like that. So uh, don't dismiss luck in the NFL. That's all I can say to that. There's a lot of things that some teams get lucky. Some teams get unlucky. Obviously injuries play a factor as well, but uh, luck factors are definitely real. And if you can pinpoint some of those, um, you can often catch teams at their lowest point or highest point uh, because they've benefited or um, you know they've suffered from a lack of luck. And I think I think I think that concept, Arch, too, is is what drastically changed my hockey model. Right? Is is the fact that uh, <laughs> hockey of all the sports is a puck that's bouncing around. Yeah. There's there's you know it's, there's so much luck goes into it. So you know putting in things like PDO and expected goals for and things, just like looking at some things that are a little bit more you know luck-based uh metrics as opposed to just this team scores this amount of goals this team gives up this amount of goals you know um makes total sense so uh we got a couple minutes left here and you know now that you've kind of uh given a little little bit of of the secret sauce um what do you like this weekend like what are you looking at for the nfl are there any you know key games that you've kind of uh that were too late to because you've already bet them uh, a couple days ago but you know <laughs> anything that you specifically like this week yeah, I mean the the one that stood out to me and and my heaviest bet of the week, which I took the Browns on the money line, uh, average price of about plus one seventeen. It's a little bit lower than that now, but I, I I think the Browns should be favored over the Panthers. I think there's an argument to be made, like a two and a half three point favorite. I think there's a massive adjustment to Deshaun Watson being out, and obviously there's a huge downgrade from Watson to Brissett. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, typically, these are the types of matchups that I like to exploit in the NFL, where I think one team is going to be dominant at both lines of scrimmage. So I think the Cleveland offensive line is going to hold up very well against the Carolina defensive front. I think they'll be able to establish the running game. Aside from the center position, I think Cleveland has one of the best offensive lines in the entire league. So while they may not have the flashiest offense, I do think that they will push around the Carolina defense at the line of scrimmage. On the other side of the ball, I mean, Carolina's offensive line was a huge problem last year. They drafted Iki Okwonu in the first round this year, but he's going to be facing Miles Garrett. That's a pretty big mismatch in week one as well. So uh, we've seen Baker Mayfield under pressure in the past. It typically doesn't end well. So these are the, the types of matchups that, um, you know, a lot of people will just look at this game and they'll say Baker Mayfield against Jacoby Brissett, but there's actually so much more to it than that. And I think the Browns are pretty much better everywhere else outside of the quarterback and wide receiver position. So that's one to me that I think is mispriced. I'd make the Browns a favorite. They're they're probably my favorite bet of the week. I love that bet. I, yeah, I'm, I'm th- I'm doing, I did the same thing. I agree with you 100% on that one. 100%. People get so wrapped up in good and bad, and they're really, <laughs> that doesn't exist in the NFL. There are you know, good and bad teams. You need to remove that from your mind. Agreed. And then like on top of that, I think one thing that I, you know, personally goes under the radar, in my opinion, is also coaching mismatches in the NFL. Mm. I do like the Browns coaching staff quite a bit, uh, especially their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. I do not like the Carolina coaching staff. I think Matt Rule could potentially be the first coach fired this year. Uh, ben McAdoo, their offensive coordinator, I've never been a big fan of him either. I think it was a big mistake firing their, their OC last year. So um, personally, I mean, I, I just see multiple 
advantages on and off the field for the Browns. Obviously, you do have to overcome the fact that they have the worst quarterback, but I think that they're in a, a prime position to do so this week. Sick. Uh, hopefully, the Cowboys can be on that list too pretty soon of firing coaches, right? I hope so. I mean, well, actually, I'd, ra- I'd rather them run the table, go 17-0, and Mike McCarthy sticks around because they had a great season. But, I mean, I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy fan. I was never a fan of that hire. So if they do start poorly, I wouldn't mind if he gets the axe. Well, there you quickly. go, Rob. You and Aaron Rodgers have something very much in common. <laughs> Man, I, it's, it's uh, honestly, I put Aaron Rodgers on such a pedestal for carrying that team for so many years um, with McCarthy because McCarthy's actually one of the worst like in-game managers as well. I just, you know, he has no idea when to use a timeout. It's, it's, re- it's a real struggle as a Cowboys fan to watch them play. Awesome. Uh, again, Rob, appreciate it. You can uh, find him on Twitter, Rob Pizzola. That is R-O-B-P-I-Z-Z-O-L-A. You can also go to thehammer.bet, correct? That is where we can also find the Circles Off podcast uh, presented by BetStamp. Uh, any more shameless plugging you want to do, feel free right now. Here's your chance, Rob. Shameless plug away. Honestly, you said it at the end, d- download BetStamp. For those out there, I talked about line shopping earlier. People don't want to open up 10 browser tabs on their computer and go from book to book to book to find who has the best price. BetStamp will do that for you instantaneously. You just pick whatever game you want to bet at, bet on. It's going to aggregate all the odds from all the sportsbooks in your region. It's going to tell you which sportsbook has the best odds. It's just such a huge time saver. Download it. I, I'm a pro better. I use it every day. I have friends that are recreational betters. They use it every day. It is truly a great product that will save you a ton of time and a ton of money. Uh, it's free to download uh, on both Apple and uh, on iOS and Android. Awesome. Thanks again, Rob. Appreciate it. DJs, NFL's back. Make some money, fools. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.